From Geek Historical Society, I'm Jordan Turner, and this is The Three E's. On today's show, we have Heather Bowers, an improv comedian with Comedy Sports. Yep, so I'm Heather. I do comedy sports um, or improv comedy down at Comedy Sports. We are um, the Utah branch of Comedy Sports. It is a franchise across the world. We do shows every Friday and Saturday night, 7.30 and 9 o'clock. And um, everything is made up on the spot. It's only 10 bucks to get in. And we also have Thursday shows where we do Danger Prov, where we hurt ourselves for your entertainment stand-up comedy, shenanigans, which is an all-female, all-funny cast, Uprov, and a lot more. So come on down. That sounds pretty epic. Yeah, it, I, you know, I find it quite enjoyable. So you mentioned in your, your little commercial, what is Uprov? Uprov is where we pull up audience members and do improv with them in all of our different scenes or games. Is it randomly selected or are they volunteers? Yeah, volunteers. You can't force a man to do improv. So if you don't want to come on stage, we won't drag you up there. Oh, good. It's not Hunger Games then. No, 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 no. How did you get involved in comedy sports? I know your your other job is with SIBO Marketing. Right. So I actually um, met uh, someone. He's my friend Kent um, at a networking event. Uh, so I was representing my business at the time and... I heard him talking and he mentioned that he took improv classes to improve his public speaking. And in my brain, I've always liked public speaking and it seemed like a, like a fun thing to do. So I kind of filed it away. Um, <clears throat> and then later I had a friend Mason who brought up doing a class at comedy sports. And in my brain, I had no intention of trying to be funny, but thinking to myself, yes, this is a good way to, uh, improve my career, improve my, my personable skills. So I said yes. And I took the class and I ended up loving it. And comedy sports liked me and I progressed to the classes and they mentored me and now I've become a performer. Do they still offer these classes? Yes. And I recommend everyone should take an improv class, whether or not you're interested in doing comedy. For me personally, it helped with my social anxiety, just dealing with familiar, like situations where I'm not familiar and knowing how to navigate waters or failure. That's like, that's just a big, big, I don't know. I just, it, my heart gets so warm and I don't know how to express it, but everyone I think should take at least a beginner improv class um, and their lives will be significantly better. Typically, is there a typical day that they would offer it? Yeah, so we do, it's a 10-week installment, meaning the classes are 10 weeks long, and then during those classes, you actually get in free to shows. So if you go to, I don't know how many shows, but it, it honestly it pays for itself, but they do it in chunks. So I know they had one at the beginning of the year, and I'm assuming they'll have one come uh, spring when, you know, I, I don't know the exact date of the class, but they do have it like every three months. Just reading from the website, it says that there are two um, competitive teams within the comedy troupe on certain nights. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the the way or the reason why it's called comedy sports isn't because we do anything athletic. In fact, some of the most unathletic people I've met are my comedy sports friends. And 
the way that the, the show is framed is you have a referee. And if you're familiar with the show, whose line is it anyways? Um, the referee is in a sense, the Drew Carey of the show. They're the parent that makes sure that everyone in the car gets to the destination. Okay. So the referee comes out, introduces the, the framework of the show, gets the crowd warmed up with suggestions and then welcomes the different teams. So you have a red team and a blue team and that's, traditional across all of comedy sports worldwide. And these teams do different games to compete for your votes. So <clears throat> at the end of the, the competition, I guess, or if the red team does a game, the blue team does a game, then the ref will turn to the audience and then whoever did a better job or whoever the audience cheers for most gets the points. And then you keep, you keep going with that format until the end of the show and the team with the most points wins. Do they actually win something or is it just the points mean nothing like in Hubline. <laughs> I mean, depending on which player you talk to or which performer, there's some of us, and I've been open, I've openly admit that I am competitive. So I personally like to win, but no, there's no prize except for bragging rights or, or glory that's associated with me. <laughs> well, for some people, that's the ultimate prize, right? Right. You said you enjoyed it a lot. What, what's one of your favorite memories since you've started with comedy sports? Yes, okay, so I recently had the opportunity, well, I guess recently, a couple years ago, uh, four of us from Utah traveled up to different clubs on the Northwest side. So there's a club in Boise that we performed at with the Boise team or the Boise club. Then we went to Portland and then Seattle. And so we kind of did like a tour, quote unquote, you can't see my air, my air quotes with my fingers, but we did a tour across um, these different clubs. And I, I could not believe the love and the acceptance. And there's people I had never met before, but because we had comedy sports in common, they let us sleep in their house. They bought us dinner. They fed us you know, uh, a big breakfast and gave us snacks while we drove on to the next club to do this tour. And it just, it just honestly blew me away with how loving, inclusive, and just phenomenal the Comedy Sports Network is. And I mean, and that was true for every club that we visited. And there was one time we went to a bar afterwards after a show and I just was looking around with the people that we were chatting with and I got to hear their stories and about their lives and their adventures in improv and, and their, their woes. And I just was again, floored because I would never have had the opportunity to meet these phenomenal people and be on such friendly terms with these people if it wasn't for comedy sports. And <clears throat> they do events every year. We have championship coming up where everyone's going to fly into Texas and we have workshops that we'll do. We'll get to mingle with all the other comedy sports people and then have a tournament, quote unquote, where uh, each club will perform and then see who's the champion for that year. And there's an all women's weekend where we're going to Vegas in April and we're going to have, again, classes and workshops and get to meet people on in, in that tier. So it's it's honestly that's my favorite memory is is our tour and just meeting all these remarkable people. It's cool. I never would have thought that a comedy club or, you know, comedy sports would have essentially tours. Yeah, like, no. That's cool. Uh-huh. It was so cool. Yeah, I was super glad that I was able to go. So I like how on the website, you know, given the location in Provo, you say, oh, we have a fully 
quote unquote stocked bar of snacks and candy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, free with a mandatory donation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like how you put that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you said like the most unathletic individuals you met. What other kind of people either participate, those who attend, like those ones who have the, the are part of the U improv section? Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on who attends. And we, I mean, we're next to a lot of universities. So a lot of times we'll see college students, awkward first dates, very overly unabashed PDA couples who practically are sitting on each other's laps. Uh, we do pride ourselves on being a family friendly and clean comedy show. So a lot of times we'll have kids and teenagers and uh, birthday parties sometimes. Oh, there was one time I was a part of a proposal. Someone um, proposed to their wife to be on stage. That was a lot of fun. We got to usher him through the backstage and then um, we called his wife up to be a helper. So she she was facing the audience and then we snuck him around the back. And then at one point when a player was supposed to come up and tap her on the shoulder and ask her a question, we swapped out for the husband or I mean, the fiance, whatever, the, the dude. And then he came up, tapped the shoulder yeah. and asked her. Yeah. And it was it was a really cute thing. Um, but I have heard horror stories where that's happened and the, and the wife has, or the woman has said no. So it worked out that time, <laughs> the one that I had been a part of. So, yeah, that's kind of the audience is, it. I mean, everyone's welcome and we have a wide range of individuals that come. And I mean, there's we see a lot of bachelorette parties. We've had brides to be on stage, kids for birthdays. It's it's something for everyone. Yeah, the, the proposal can always can sometimes be a tricky situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, no, <laughs> When we found out that we were doing that. Everyone backstage except for me groaned and was just like, oh, no, because they had been a part of the one that didn't go well. So I, of course, was optimistic and I was like, oh, this is so exciting and so romantic. And they all were shaking their heads. Thankfully, it worked out and it was super cute and it was awesome. But yes, yeah. <laughs> a little risky. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned bachelorettes, I think brides. Are, you, are people able to? rent out an evening yeah so um <clears throat> a lot of times people will just come and buy tickets for their their entourage you could say but also comedy sports is for hire i've actually performed um in different we call them remotes where you hire comedy sports to come to you whether it's a corporate party a christmas party a church party we make the joke a slumber party a political party uh you know the donner party you bring the food whatever it is you want just company, you have to pay us to leave kind of deal. So you can rent comedy sports and we can do um, different types of shows, whether it's the full cast where you have the, the six players and the referee, so the seven players total, or if we have like a half court um, where it's just uh, a four, <clears throat> four improvers and referee. It, it just depends on what <clears throat> your event would need. And I actually had the opportunity for Women's Day at the Provo Rec Center to be a part of their celebration. And it was the first ever all-female Comedy Sports Utah show. And I ref that show and we had our players come out and it was a super great and awesome way to celebrate Women's Day with Utah uh, with some awesome cast members. And when was that? 
Oh, that was, um, I'd have to check my Facebook when I posted the picture. I pride myself on being up with the times, but Women's Day is, oh, let's see here. I don't know. <laughs> I think this month sometime, the beginning of March. So was that the, was that this year that you did the all females cast? Yes. March 7th. I found it. March 7th. Whew. All okay. in the world cannot hate me now. Uh, just looking at the website real quick, you guys have a couple of rotating pictures towards the bottom and the, so I've never been myself, but the stage and your little performance areas, it seems kind of eclectic. Yeah. Um, so I've asked the owners, we actually just did some, mm, not some renovations, but we painted some walls, you know, taped some pictures up or whatever. And while we were there, I asked, are the chairs supposed to be mismatched? And originally they weren't, um, but there was a mistake in the order. Um, and it just ended up being mismatched and they went with it. And so it's a super fun environment. We have our stage, obviously, with our backdrop. We have all our props on the wall. And then we have a lot of fun, cool, different uh, posters that JR created, custom designed with people's faces on it, and just props. And we have a really cool sound system with Mr. Voice, who's our voiceover. He does the music, the lights. He helps the referee run the show. He's a vital part of all that we do. Um, and it's it's a super fun environment, super um, convenient location, just right on Center Street, and all around fun. I think the mi mismatched chairs definitely they match. <laughs> I you know ironically yeah. to the, the environment. Looking at the picture, and I think I think it works. Yeah, yeah. And then on one of the walls, it looks like you have a whole bunch of Polaroids. Yeah. So that is. Um, Back in the day, I think they used to have different players that would pose with people and they'd set it up. It's actually not there now. Um, I think we have pictures of players there instead now. So it's changed. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned very briefly towards the beginning, you also work with Siebel Marketing. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm familiar with the company because I used to work with one of your clients. I was you know, in the marketing team, but for those who are unaware of what SIBO marketing is. Could you give us just like a quick little spiel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people ask me, so comedy, how do you pay the bills? And I kind of laugh and I tell them, no, it's a, it's comedy is a hobby. And then I actually have a real job. So I'm a marketer by day, comedian by night kind of deal. So SIBO marketing is a, uh, we're Utah's Google experts. We're really good at pay-per-click and SEO which is everything in Google, getting your website to rank higher. So that way you have more people to visit your site and convert better. Um, SEO stands for search engine optimization and well, pay-per-click is also known as PPC. So that's what we do in a very short nutshell. By chance, is Comedy Sports a client of yours? No, they have their own marketing team. So JR, Timothy, who's a marketing guru, um, does a lot of social media marketing. So SEO and pay-per-click aren't for everyone. And they found that they've had more success, which makes sense to me on social media with regards to videos and, and engaging content as opposed to ads. From your experience from either position, either as a marketing individual or a comedian, have they ever uh, interacted? Like has experience from one side gone to the other? Um, yes. So 
Oh my gosh, yes. I'm trying to think of what to start with. So with again, with improv and, and having these classes and learning how to talk to people more efficiently and being more confident in myself, reducing that social anxiety, I feel like it's made me a better networker and a better um, person to interact with people with the sales aspect of my, you know, my marketing job. I'm able to, you know, make people laugh and set people at ease with my clients or, or or be able to create more personal relationships rather than a very, you know, cut and dry. I'm trying to sell you something. Please buy what I want you to sell. It's really important what I, you know, you're able to actually have a conversation with people and get to know them. So that's how improv has helped my marketing side. And then my marketing has helped my improv. So when, <clears throat> when we get suggestions about, obviously digital marketing. Okay. Do a scene about digital marketer. I'm able to rattle off all these things and impress the audience and (laughs) show them that I actually know what I'm talking about. Um, And it's also been great. My, the sales aspect of my marketing job has helped me um, reach out to people about improv and kind of spread the love because again, there's, there's a lot of people that have come and there's a lot of people like yourself, Jordan, who have never come to comedy sports. And again, I think it's a super fun, inexpensive, wholesome way to have entertainment. And as I'm reaching out to people uh, through my sales job, I'm also able to say, yeah, come to comedy sports. You know, I'm not just trying to be a digital marketer, but let's also, we're real humans with real emotions. Let's have some laughter. And it's been really complimentary. So you mentioned that, some people have suggested, you know, during the improv section of the show, digital marketing. How often is that? You know, you'd be surprised at how many times we get the same suggestion. So specifically, quote unquote, digital marketing doesn't pop up all the time. But if we say, uh, give us a job that you think is boring, you don't know how many times we get accountant. You don't know how many times we get software engineer or you don't know how many times we get IT assistant. So those are all things that always get shouted out or when we're asking for exotic sports, you don't know how many times we hear underwater basket weaving and we know you think you're being funny, but there's always someone every show almost without fail that always says the same thing. Same with historical feature or historical, uh, oh my gosh, people in history. You don't know how many times we hear George Washington Abraham Lincoln and Harriet Tubman, like all the time. So sometimes as the ref, I ask the audience, Kate, think of a historical figure. Now think of a second historical figure and yell that out because it's not fun when we get the same suggestions all the time. Yeah, I bet. It almost sounds like those people need to take the work. <laughs> well, and, and I understand from an audience perspective, you know, this is probably their, either their first time coming or they don't come every weekend or they don't come every show. So maybe once every two months or whatever it is, or once a year. So for them, you know, they're, they're excited. They, they think they have something new to offer. And, you know, us who do, you know, two shows a night, twice a weekend for, you know, consecutive weekends, we, we've heard it all. Thank you for, for coming on the show. I have one last okay. question to, for, for those who are interested in participating in the workshop or even just starting it with, you know, within comedy or improv comedy, what is one piece of advice you could give them, whether it's 
uh, something you think of now or something that you wish you would have known? When you yeah. Um, so first off, Jordan, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Um, second off, for people wanting to more more information, you can go to the Comedy Sports website, which is comedy sports with a Z, utah.com. And there's a tab for workshops. And then to give a shout out to our to Improv Broadway, they're uh, another improv comedy troupe. Uh, or establishment that also does classes. So I've had people that have done one or the other or both. So there's a lot of options for uh, improv workshops. We're striving to make Utah the the clean comedy capital, um, or I guess Provo specifically. So a lot of resources out there, super great. But advice. I think my advice to myself or to others who wanting who are wanting to do an improv class. Well, I guess first is to do it 100%. Even if you're on the fence, you won't regret it. Super fun, valuable skills, and you get to meet a lot of really cool people. Again, comedy sports has been an introduction to a whole vein of friendships that I would never have had without it. Um, Also, don't be afraid to fail. You're timid when you have to make animal noises or rhymes or you you don't know. You're scared. You're not going to be able to come up with stuff. A lot of people, when they come up to me, they're like, I don't know how you do it. How could you come up with rhymes so fast? Or how can you come up with a scene? And my answer is, it's just like any other thing where you have to practice. Um, Your brain is a muscle, just like everything else. And as you practice it, it's like a mental muscle that you do push-ups for or improv workouts for. And you're able to train your brain to think faster. You're able to train your brain to think in certain ways. So if I have a longer conversation with people, I'm honest. And I tell them in the beginning, I couldn't. I had to I had to train and I had to focus and I had to teach myself how to do these things. And so if you're starting out and you feel like you should be the, you know, the bomb dizzle and you're not, give yourself time. Let yourself learn and <clears throat> just try again because again it's something that comes with practice. And <clears throat> the worst thing that you can do is to half commit to something. Like if you or if someone makes you an animal in their scene and you're supposed to make an animal noise, I don't know why I'm leeching onto this example, but we're gonna go roll with it. You make the best, most loudest animal noise ever. And it's hilarious and the audience will like you and they'll and they'll accept the offer and they'll think it's funny. But if you get up there and you show you're uncomfortable and you show you're unsure, and you kind of do like a little timid noise or whatever it is, or a timid offer, the audience is going to feel that that awkwardness, that uncomfortableness, and it's going to make them uncomfortable. So <clears throat> whatever it is, you just have to give 110%, dedicate yourself. I feel this a lot when I sing, when we do singing games. I don't really have a great voice, but if I'm able to sashay and do some moves and I just basically belt out a note, does not matter if it's on key or not. The audience will love it because I'm confident and I'm portraying that. And I think that's good advice for not just improv, just I think life in general, just confidence, you know, boost confidence. And I can't think of, you know, the words to describe it, but I agree. Yeah. And a lot of times it's harder said than, or done than said because people like, okay, that's easy to say just to be confident, but how do I? You learn in improv class. There you go. Learn on, learn through experience. Yeah.